Welcome back to episode 227 of the Today we've got NFL MVP and playoff rate. We're going to be talking about, we are wrapping up bowl season and talking about the college football playoff. Since we will not be having another episode until then. Uh, we're also going to give out our NFL picks and then Ethan's got a little uh, fill the board type game for us. Um, <clears throat> so that'll be fun. Before we dive in to see how the boys are doing. Last week, bowl season has been kind to us, up 6.1 units total in bowl season. We were up 4.2 units in NFL uh, with our picks. So, good week. Boys, what's up? Not a whole lot. Hopefully, everyone had a Merry Christmas. Um, It was a stressful four days, but for me personally, but uh, it was fun. It was fun getting everyone together and uh, Seeing Travis's son starting to get a personality, so it's fun watching him and uh, him and Cam play together. Jackson Cam, so yeah. Ethan, how was your Christmas? That's good. I, I traveled a lot. Went to my mom's on Saturday, my dad's on Sunday. So obviously, it's kind of like a triangle from here to both of those places. Hour one way, hour the other way, hour back. So, but family was good. Um, weekend was good. It was warm, which was super nice. Like we, we yeah. were outside. I was riding around on the side by side. It was uh. It was a good weekend. And then we get snow today. And then we get snow today. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Welcome to Missouri. Welcome back, Ethan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome back. Fucking uh. insane. Um, but yeah, hope everyone had a good Christmas and I hope everyone has a good new year. Hopefully we can stay hot with our gambling picks. Um, first things first, top of the list. Before we dive into anything, I want to talk about. I see a lot of stuff going around on Twitter and everything. I know it's very standard. We are very much in the minority of this where we have our fantasy leagues, but this week is a like championship week for most fantasy leagues. We decided this past year or two to move our fantasy championship to week 16 because a lot of shit is up in the air in week 17. Last year, you had the T. Higgins. Uh, or the Bengals debacle with that game not even getting rescheduled um, with the DeMar Hamlin thing. This year, there's just some news that comes out and going into week 17 um, that might not be good with your fantasy team. In particular, the Russell Wilson news breaking that they're just going to bench him. So it's like... That's that's the only impl- that's the biggest implication. But like to me, like if there ever was a year where you're going and doing your fantasy championship week seventeen, this is the year to do it because so many teams are still in play for a playoff spot. Like no one's benching anybody right now. Really, you only have in the NFC. You've have I think what two teams have clinched the clinched the division, uh, the Lions and the Niners. But they're still fighting for seating, so they're not going to start benching players right now. So. Um, but I do agree. Like, yeah, I, 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 I like getting it over with and I like enjoying the last two weeks of the NFL season for what they mm-hmm. are, because especially this year, it's so crazy. Like I don't have to worry about fantasy or fucking what matches are going on. I can just bet and watch the games and, and, and kind of enjoy them, you know, especially them falling on holiday weekends. Like it's kind of sucked last weekend, like trying to pay attention to the NFL while fucking Christmas shit was going on. It was, yeah, it, was, it, was <clears throat> it was shitty, uh, especially yeah. spending Christmas, not in my fucking fantasy championship came down in the last game of Christmas night, the last few possessions. And it was kind of a shitty way to end my Christmas night, but yeah, whatever. 
I was because I saw a guy earlier on some random guy earlier on Twitter who's in like a dynasty league and his championships this weekend and his quarter. I don't know if it's a super flex or whatnot, but his quarterback was Russell Wilson. So now he has to stream one. His options were god awful. I'm like, that sucks. Yeah. So just getting you guys' thoughts on that. Wasn't there into it. also a couple other? Sorry, I was kind of dazed out. So if you guys already said this, I apologize. Um, wasn't there a couple other quarterbacks who got benched today too? Like, weren't there three today alone? I don't know. Were there? I I saw something on Twitter. I know Russ did, obviously, but I I thought I saw two that um, uh, Sam Howell got benched, and then Tommy Surprising. DeVito got benched for Tyrod Taylor officially oh. for next week. So I know he already started or played pretty much the whole second half last week, but um, so not not as like imposing, obviously, but. Still, still news that that uh, Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets train got rode out for a few weeks too long, in my opinion. Yeah. He's not good. <laughs> it was like, it, dude, it literally New York teams, which is wild to me, but it was like Lynn Sanity. Like it was like when Jeremy Lynn was popping off for the Knicks. It was fun for a few weeks, but it, was, it wasn't he sustainable. Never, he didn't ever really even pop off, though. I think they won like a game. They were three and one. Two. There are three when they, started but he he wasn't playing spectacular football. He was just managing the game, like maybe one or two games, yeah. But I hear yeah, that. I feel like he had some Either plays way. like late late in games where he like like won the game, like you know didn't necessarily play well all game, but like needed a drive and got it done. But I agree with you. The way Tyrod Taylor played last week, if they play him the whole game, they yeah. may win. That's what I was going to say. He looked pretty good. Um, yeah. Dude just had some shit luck in his career with different things and quarterbacks taking over. And well, injuries. you know, when, when fucking people stabbing the lung with a goddamn <laughs> yeah, no needle. Kidding. But it's just it like, it's just like, think about his, his career path and where he was in Buffalo and then Josh Allen comes in. Then he's a franchise quarterback and then he goes to LA and then Justin Herbert comes in and it's a franchise quarterback. And then he goes to what Houston. And then, I mean, no, it could have been Houston because I, unless Deshaun Watson came in when he was there. Um, but either way, he, I mean, he kind of ran around the league for a while and never really got a chance because every time he did, some other guy came in and was just automatically the guy. Yeah. But he, he went from, uh, he was in Baltimore to start his career, then in Buffalo, Cleveland for a year. And then, and then Baker to, came in. That's what it then was. Went to, they went to LA, then went to Houston. So, yeah. Yeah, journeyman. Maybe Houston sure. Stroud. Well, Stroud was this year, but maybe like I don't, I don't know. Did he get benched for Davis Mills or? I think he. I did. just think it, it wasn't a winning situation. Yeah, he did get benched for Davis Mills down there, but it, that wasn't a winning football team. Like the Giants have some decent talent around right. them. The Texans yeah. did. It's it's a little different. So, but yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. with that being said, can I jump into, into the MVP talk? You can. All right. So I see a lot of shit going around with MVP and like how drastic the odds change week in to week out. So I have a blind, it's like a blind uh, a ranking. So I'm going to give you two players. And you're going to tell me which player you would pick for MVP. So I have four of them. You're going to give and me. The, and then we're gonna <laughs> look. No, no, it's, it's, it's both of you guys. It's blind. I'm going to give you one player, player A, player B, and you say, who would you vote for MVP? I'm going to give you two more. Who would you vote for MVP out of those two? And then it's like a bracket style almost. And it's like, okay, who would you vote for MVP? All right. So player A in this in, in the first bracket challenge, they have 4,143 all-purpose yards. They have 24 total touchdowns. 
uh, responsible for 52% of the team's touchdowns. Um, but they lead, they lead the league in zero statistical categories respective to their position. And player B in this scenario, they have 4,190 all-purpose yards, so just a smidge more than player A. They have 31 total touchdowns, seven more than player A, which is responsible for 56.3% of their team's touchdowns, and they lead the league in one stat category. So out of those two players, who are you picking to be MVP? I mean, probably player B based on the stats that you gave me. I know who player A is, but... Can we take I, guesses before I, you tell us who they are? I'm not. You guys tell me player, player, player B. Okay. And then Travis, you, who you think player A is? No, 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 no. You guys got to tell me who you picking, player, player B. That's what I said. Based on the stats you gave me, I'd probably go with player B, just because more all-purpose yards, more touchdowns, responsible for leads the league in a statistical category. Like unless I misunderstood you, that to me, yeah, is, is yeah. Travis yeah. in agreement there? Okay, I agree. Now guess who they are. Guess who they are. No player A is Lamar Jackson. Player player A is Lamar Jackson. He does lead the league in a statistical category in his position, though, and that's rushing yards. True. Okay, quarterback rushing yards. I was I'm looking at league league leading. League leading. He is not the league rushing. Player B is not to it. No, it's not to it. It has got to be Brock Purdy. It is Brock Purdy. So you guys have chose Brock Purdy over over Lamar Jackson. Who's but if the we're going, MV- I think oh. the most important piece that you're leaving out though is the the recency of of gameplay and head to head. That's 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 my. So we'll we'll get there. It doesn't ever really change this drastically until we get down to the true. And I'll give you game that. things, which I think is ridiculous. It's the same exact thing as what the Heisman was, where Bo Nix was like odds on Heisman favorite, and then he has an okay game just loses the Pac-12 championship game, and then the odds totally flip and he loses the Heisman, which is crazy yeah. to me. When Jaden Daniels so, didn't even play in that game, in in his yes. conference championship game. Yep, yep. So uh, you guys are probably going to know, then you guys probably know who player two and player three are. But you guys kind of ruined this game. I shouldn't let you guess. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. I like it. So the, the second one, player A, they have 1,932 all-purpose yards. 21 total touchdowns, 38% of their leagues, of their team's touchdowns, and they lead the league in two statistical categories. Player B in this scenario has 4,267 all-purpose yards, 26 total touchdowns, which is 47% of their team's total touchdowns, and they lead the league in two statistical categories. Christian McCaffrey and Tua? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's tough. It's tough to compare running backs in this situation. It, I will say Christian McCaffrey is having an insane year. Uh, one of the best years a running back could have. In my honest opinion, I think Christian McCaffrey should win MVP. If we're talking right now in all the statistical categories that, and the fact that he is that team, in my opinion, because I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily knock Brock Purdy, but we saw Brock Purdy struggle, and what was Christian McCaffrey still doing? Like ten carries for like eighty-seven yards in a touchdown. Running rampant. Like, he's just yeah. He's insane. Like, my 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 point with all of this is you have the odds-on favorite minus one seventy right now has the least amount of touchdowns. It's the least sexy. Guys, and yeah. has and his leads league in zero statistical categories. He is yeah. leaning on a defense 
for the majority of his wins this season. I don't care what you say. I don't care all you Lamar Glazers will say about it. It is fucking ridiculous that he is minus 170 and Christian McCaffrey say- second at plus 600. And two is plus 1,000. If Tua goes into Baltimore this weekend and beats and beats Baltimore, he's gonna. It, it's like Travis said, you're gonna see a total shift flip. It's gonna be insane. I think it'll be, it would be CMC and then Tua, just because right now I saw earlier on DraftKings CMC was four plus four hundred. Should Lamar be in conversation for MVP talk? Absolutely. Yes. Should it be minus one seventy than than the nearest plus four hundred plus a thousand? Absolutely not. They should all be in the plus. 300 to 400 well and i feel like that had to have been the biggest jump ever from a one game where a guy is a minus 300 favorite and falls to like what is it plus 1500 and then the other guy goes from i think he was plus 670 to now minus 130 like that is just an insane gap jump for one game yeah don't get me wrong he had a good game he did yeah he but that big of a jump did he win that game though No, the Ravens defense looms largely in that talk of getting him there because they set him up in within the 40, like four times, I think, or at least three times with a pick. Yep. I'm just, I, I, I don't like giving a quarterback this award when I think Lamar was like middle of the road in terms of like passing yards. He's like 15. when I looked at. Yeah, a little bit exactly middle of the road. So that to me is egregious. It is it is n- not good for the game. Yes, I do not like Lamar Jackson as a player. I think he's vastly overrated as a passer. Um, and I I don't know. I, I just think my whole purpose with this is like the the massive jump he took and the massive fall. Yes, Brock Purdy had a terrible game, had an absolutely terrible game. But I think I if I could go back into the losses that the Ravens had earlier in the year when they lost the when they lost to the um, they lose to the Cardinals. No, the Dallas Cowboys. Let's go. They they had some bad. They lost to the. They had a couple of bad losses early in the year. I'd go probably go back to those games and look at Lamar's stats, and and they're probably not great. Like people people had a bad game. Two had a terrible game against uh, Buffalo the first time they played, or, or against the Chiefs. Um, guys had bad games. I just I I don't like the constant jumping. And like I said, if, if Miami goes into Baltimore and wins this weekend. You're going to see a shift where it's probably going to be CMC as the odds-on favorite um, for MVP. They lost. They lost to the Colts at home, the Steelers on the road, and the Browns at home. And those in the Colts game, they scored 19 points. In the Steelers game, they scored 10 points. And that Colts game was that Justin Tucker missed field goal. Yeah, but still, like I mean, like Lamar, like I don't. Their, like, their said, offense should, has left a lot on the table. He's they've he's been cruising as of late. Like they're all that they've kind of found a stride as of late. Like I said, he should be in conversation for the MVP, don't get me wrong. But it's ridiculous that everyone is now just all over him when eight days ago they were all over Brock Purdy. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say this might not be something that you guys want to hear. Um but what's gonna suck is if the Dolphins come out this week. Tua has a phenomenal game, but Tyree Kill also has a phenomenal game, and they win. They are going to pull MVP votes from each other. Like it, it's just—I don't think happen. so. Tyree Kill no, screwed himself by sitting so, out two games. Basically, here's my thing: Tua is 
700 and some odd yards away from 5,000. Like, it's going to be tough to get there. But if he has two, like, you know, a, a couple of 350-plus games and is close to 5,000 yards and gets the 30 touchdowns, and we and we potentially went out, like I told Travis this the other night, like if, if two has two two really, really good games and we went out, I don't see a scenario where you can't give it to him. I hear you. The only the only caveat I'll play, and I'm not I'm just doing this to be devil's advocate, is if he has two 350 plus games, to me that means Tyreek is having two hundred and fifty plus receiving games, which gets him just under two thousand yards. And that's that's tough. So like to, to, to Travis's point, Tyreek sat out of game. And so then he's like, got uh, almost two thousand yards by only playing sixteen games. Then, if you want to look at it that way, sure, so he's too far down on the board now. If they were right next to each other, sure. Right now, Tyreek is seventh in MVP uh, odds at plus twenty two hundred below Dak, Josh Allen, Purdy, and Tua. If they were right next to each other, sure, I could see him having that talk. But the fact that he's he's been out and hasn't really done a whole I mean, lot I, the last few games. I think you got to throw Josh Allen in that conversation too. Like if 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 they end up winning out and winning the division, not for a guy who's. I think the, the turnovers will kill him. Yeah, yeah. Between the interception and some fumbles, that'll that'll be what kills him. But yeah. I hear you though. So anyway, that was my whole thing. I was like, I I was like looking at it more in depth. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like this is egregious. Like how high Lamar is. So that's the only biggest point I wanted to make. There was that. If you are. If you like the Ravens this weekend in the game to win, then you might as well throw out something on Lamar to win MVP. Because if the Ravens come out and win and he has a good game, he basically solidifies his MVP. I think so. Yeah. Because if they win this one, weekend, you know, they, they lock right. up the North and they lock up the one seed. Yeah. Um, last thing I want to say about MVP stuff is, I don't know if you saw Aaron Rodgers' comments yesterday on the Pat McAfee show where he was like, they really need to have an MVP and a most outstanding player award. They've already got that. And it's called the offensive player of the year award. I don't, I don't know why they're like, he was making that argument because that isn't the argument that should be made because it already exists. So if you want to not make it a quarterback award, then you need to get rid of the stigma that they are the only ones who can be the MVP of their team, even though it makes a lot of sense. But if you're, if you're going to argue for a, a, having two awards where one is most outstanding and the other one is the most valuable, we literally already have that because we have an offensive and yeah. defensive player of the year award. Yeah, and CMC is going to win the offensive player of the year. 100%. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah. For sure. Absolutely. It would be Tyreek yeah. if he didn't have his injury, that I think. And a half, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it'll be Christian McCaffrey, which should be. Whatever. Should be. I think MVP is – the MVP of the NFL is a weird award that we should stop giving so much praise. Crazy yeah. hot take. Yeah, I can't remember what year it was. I think it was 2014 when I thought JJ Watt should have won it. Um and Aaron Rodgers won. And Aaron yeah. Rodgers won. JJ Watt had an insane year. I think he had like 23 sacks or something stupid like well, that. Well, I think that's what that's what stemmed the conversation with Rodgers today is they were talking about that. And Rodgers was like, Yeah, like JJ had a better season than I did. Um, he's like, but they looked at it as like, you know, the quarterback was valuable to the team. I didn't listen to the entire conversation, but basically said it along the lines of like, they looked at it as the quarterback was the valuable piece. So I got the award. He's like, but JJ was by far the more outstanding player. Um, and that's what brought him up to say like most outstanding player award. And yeah, so yeah. 
Do you guys ever shift your Zen up to the top lip? <laughs> upper upper no. deckies? I'm a oh, I'm, I'm a bo- I had it I'm in the bottom decky. Oh, I always go bottom, but I had it in the bottom and it was like drying out because I'm drinking and it was just like washing through my gums. I just yeah. threw it in the top. <laughs> shit is shit What's, is burnt. what flavor? What flavor? It's just the, just the chill. Gotcha. Because I was gonna say, if you did like a spearmint up there, you'd really be chilling. Oh my gosh, yeah. spearmint, spearmint. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I got tonight. And the fucking that shit will knock you on your ass. The spearmint once well. You should. You should. You should slide it up into the top lip, right Next above one. your, right above your uh, canine, not your big teeth, but yeah, your canines. Uh, like in between your big and your vampire tooth. That's a canine, but yeah, sure. No, nope. <laughs> they're not dogs. Dude. Yeah, but they're my teeth are not dogs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not. Listen here, fucking stew from the hangover. I don't know what these my, are called. My lateral incisor, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, segueing into talking about NFL, we talked about MVP. Um, we've done it for the past couple of weeks. Is talking about the playoff race and kind of our updates of where things are. So, Travis, it's, it's still low key a hot mess. Um, Cause I was running through it earlier and I was going to give like some of the scenarios of what teams needed, but it was, it got it's way insane. confusing. Buffalo we'll has like the 10, NFC. 10 different ways they can clinch this weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll start with the NFC cause that's a little bit more locked up um, than some. It is the Eagles, Cowboys, Lions, and Niners. Niners that have for sure spots. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Bucks are pretty much yep. locked into a playoff spot. They yep. only need to beat one of either New Orleans or Carolina, and they're they're in. So, yep. and by winning their division, yeah, yeah. So they're likely in. Outside of that, I think, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm just ruling them out automatically. We're not doing if ands or buts. The Vikings and the Falcons and the Saints. Yeah. They're long shot odds to get in. I think yeah. it is a it is a few pony race between the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Packers. And the Packers. Yep. They're, when you look at the you're gonna go and look at the standings, you're like, oh well, the Packers are in tenth. Their path to the playoffs is much easier and much yep. more attainable than the other two teams that I mentioned. So they just need the Seahawks to lose and they have to win. That's it. Yeah, the Rams they need to either win out, which they play the Giants, and then they play the 49ers, which might be vying for yep. the number one seed. They're not going to bench people, I don't think, in week 18, or have Minnesota or Green Bay lose a game. Yep, and they play each other this weekend, so it's basically whoever wins this weekend, they need to have lose next weekend. That's asking a lot for a team that's sitting in the fucking six seed right now. Yeah. What do you guys think about them getting in? It's tough. I mean, you we we talked about it last week. You had LA getting in, and I was looking at that week 18 game with San Francisco, and I'm like, that's tough sledding. San Fran's probably fighting with with Philly for that one seed come week 18. Um, because San Francisco basically they went out and they and they get that one seed. And I know they have a layup game this week against Washington. Um the Rams are a tough team that no one wants to see in the playoffs. I know that was a weird, weird, weird like pause <laughs> there, but the Rams are a tough team. No one see in the playoffs. 
I find it tough to see him in. I think it's going to be Seattle and <clears throat> Green Bay. Well, here's what you got, and I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna give you the rundown. So if you got the you get the winner of the game between Green Bay and and Minnesota, Minnesota this week. Next week, Minnesota plays the Lions at home. Who, depending on what happens this week, might be resting starters because I don't know if Dan, they're gonna be able to jump into that second seed. I don't I see Dan so. Campbell resting anybody. That that's my problem there. We'll see. Come second half, you know, if people kind of get hurt in the first half. You never know what happens. And then the Packers play the the Bears. Where is it at? The Bears. At home. Oof, Who that's a tough have game. been scrappy. So like I'm saying, they have been. Yeah. it is possible. It is possible um, for one of those teams to drop. Yeah, so I will say the one thing that has stood out to me after this past weekend and the Seahawks winning on a long last drive done it back-to-back weeks kind of changed my mindset a little bit because I thought the Seahawks were going to be the ones left out. I think they have a much easier path and Travis can talk about the specifics of it in a second. I think they have a much easier path of staying in than the Rams do because again, I brought it up last week and the week before of the head to head that the Packers have against the Rams. If the Rams drop a game and the Packers manage to win out against the two division rivals, they are in over the Rams and that's just is what it is. The Seahawks get the Steelers at home this week, which could be a tricky game, but they could drop Jason it. Rudolph and again. Still, they could drop it and still have a few different ways to get in because they play um, Arizona so in week 18, Arizona. So basically, mm-hmm. hand me win because Arizona is going to be playing for a draft pick. I think they rest a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, and they just need like one, one team here or there to lose. So I think their odds of making it in are the highest. Yep. And then basically fighting for that last spot is going to be the Rams or the Packers. It's going to be tough. Well, and I think what scares me too is the Packers. I mean, if you guys watched any of that game this past weekend, their defense, you know, I, I praised their defense between like weeks. It was like eight through 12 because they looked so good. They have been statistically, I think the worst defense in the league since then. And their guys just look un like, they just look like they just don't know what they're doing out there. They're leaving guys wide open. They they made no Jair Young this weekend either. Look yeah. like they made Bryce Young look like the rookie of the year. And then yeah, Jair decides, oh, I'm in Charlotte, so I'm what gonna go out and be a captain. I'm gonna almost blow the fucking coin toss. And then he wonders why he's not. I mean, he it sounded like he took his punishment, but I I don't know. He's he's a very and well, he hasn't been a great talent this year, I guess. But he's been a very good talent over his career, but that dude is just not smart. <laughs> it's i saw the the post game interview in the locker room and the way that he navigated that so stupid and so selfish like you got to own up to that and and be like his pressers are never great stupid on me like just so childish the way that he talked about it and he was like laughing about it i'm like dude you are a clown your team is fighting for the playoffs and you're out here fucking off going out and calling the fucking coin toss when you're not supposed to be and all this shit. Well, and then yeah. he was like, he was like defense. We want defense. And the ref was like, so you want to defer? And then the other captains were like, yeah, 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 defer because he almost blew it and said, we want a defense. Yeah, they could have got screwed. They, exactly. They could have had to play defense coming out in the second half too, because if they wouldn't have deferred, then the fucking Panthers could have been like, yeah, we want the ball second half. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, when, it, when, it, when you boil it down to brass tacks, 
I think of the three teams that we're talking about here, I think the Rams would be the most dangerous in the playoffs. Just my personal opinion. To Ethan's point, though, what he made about this, what he made, we talked about Seattle. They won, they won their last two games with game-ending drives. Like that long shit, ones. that play, long ones. That shit that playoff teams do. Playoff teams get the ball back when they're down. They know they need to, they need to go down and score. And uh, I think that's. I just think they got. I think Seattle's got more playmakers. Um, so I definitely think they get in. Um, and then originally I would have said whoever got that seven seed could could beat Philly. But if no offense, Ethan, if it's Green Bay, I don't see it happening. My caveat to that statement, I'll, I'll, I don't even need to touch on the Green Bay one because I think if they make the playoffs, they're not winning a game. Um, but my caveat to the Seahawks statement is this past weekend, and I know we hate on Geno Smith a lot, but their offense looks so much worse with him behind center. I don't care that they won that game. I don't care that his completion percentage was like somewhere around like 68%. They, their offense just does not look good when I watch it on the screen when he's behind center. And it there's no, there's no, there's, there's no deep threat. <laughs> no, no, there's none. He he throws short to medium passes. That's about it. Um, DK, I mean DK will get free in some instances, but not very often. Drew Lock not afraid to air the ball out, and because of that, you have a lot less guys crowding the box. You saw Kenneth Walker two weeks ago run for a hundred yards on the best run defense in the league. And then just this past week, get absolutely shut down against By the Titans. Mid, who are without Jefferson. Simmons. Yeah. Um, not, it's not what you want to see heading down the stretch. Pete Carroll. And I know that quarterback room has a lot of respect for each other and no one's going to try to throw each other under the bus, but you got to go with the guy who puts you in the opportunity to win games, which is crazy. By all bias aside right now is Drew Locke. Yeah. We'll see. So we're in we're in agreement. It's probably going to be Seattle and Green Bay, but we will we'll see how that shakes out. And let's go to the AFC because this one's a little bit more crazier. Well, it's way dicey. Yeah, way dicey. You got right now. You have the the Baltimore Ravens sitting the one seed, um, which I think. I mean, anything can happen. I I I do think in in all forefront opinion, I think Baltimore finishes with the one seed. If I were to bet right now, I would say that they do. Because they could still lose this week and still get the one seed. That That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a good chance that the Dolphins split down the stretch. One of those two games. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it. Both. We're losing both. Yeah. And if that's the case where me and Travis talking today, like Dolphins clinch a playoffs by this week. We're happy. You know, we had, don't have to wait till week seven, week 18 to get it done. We won 11 games. It's wild to me that we're in a spot where, hey, you won 11 games and you may not win your division. That's fucking ridiculous to me. Um, in my opinion, um, not only that, but it's you, you're you've won 11 games and you may not even be a five seed, you might be the six. Yeah. They are like they are either one, two, or six. They're they are not going to get the five and they're not going to get the seven. They're either one, two, or six right now, which either obviously because I saw by you get a home game or you're playing in Kansas City. I saw a wild scenario where the Browns could still get the one seed because if Baltimore loses out and Miami. Like obviously Miami would have to beat Baltimore and then lose the Buffalo and the Browns went out, the Browns get the one seed. Which yeah, you, I mean, you say it out loud. Like that's well, that's was, not uh, un, that's not unfathomable to think about. I was gonna no, say you, know, you wanna know what you wanna yeah. know what's unfathomable to think about is that the Raiders could win the AFC West. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I was just gonna say I know they played the Texans, the Bears, 
and then a, a falling apart Jags team the week they played him. But my God, Joe Flacco has looked good. Dude came off the couch at 36 years old and said, I love yeah, it. I got, he said, I got one more in me. <laughs> he, his interview, they asked him like, they're like, do you know, like, you know what you're getting paid? He goes, I didn't even check my bank account. He goes, I don't even know if I got a paycheck yet. I'm just out here. I'm out here throwing the ball around. No. Does he care? Dude, yeah. he don't, he don't <laughs> need it. On a freaking pillow of money. He's yeah. Like, hey, I can go out there and make money. Why yeah. not? You know, um, yeah. which is good for him. Outside of that. So I think, I think the Ravens maintain the one seed. Um, Miami obviously locked up a playoff spot. So they're in. There's. Kansas City in the playoffs, they're going to win the division. Kansas City's a three seed. Yeah. We get to that spot um, where it's kind of up in the air between the Texans and the Jags. And an instance where I don't think anyone wants to win that division. We've said this many, many times. Colts Colts are done after this past weekend. Stick a fork in them. They don't have what it takes. I don't think they make the playoffs. Fair enough. Why, Why do you say that? Well, they came out this last week, shit the bed, laid an egg against a team that is that was falling apart in the Falcons. Um, never was never even really close. Gardner Minshew is just not the guy to take you there. Michael Pittman was out, yes, dealing with some injuries. I think they're too banged up. They don't really have an identity. They, I think they missed the playoffs. That's why. I just okay. they just don't have the threat that all these other teams have. They can't score at will. Uh, yeah, I, I think Jacksonville ends up getting the division. They have Carolina this week, um, and then you have Houston and Indy play each other in, in Week 18, which benefits Jacksonville. I think I don't know who Jacksonville plays Week 18. The um, which the Titans have been scrappy lately. I mean, they've been they've, they've been scrappy. Yeah, Tennessee's been scrappy. So, yeah, I don't know who the fuck. I don't know because the you're you're in a world where where Indy could lose this week, and then play Houston next week and still win the division somehow. Yeah, but the Indy Indy this week plays the Raiders, who are a team that is fighting for that spot, and they are really rallying behind their head coach. Yeah. Uh, whether or not they get in is a different story, but I and. Spoiler alert, I like the Raiders this weekend to win that too. game in Indy. Um, they lose that game and they're out. Officially? Uh, I think they would need fucking a Hail Mary to make it in. Uh, yeah. No, I think it would be officially because they'd have nine losses and there's yeah four teams ahead of them that only have seven. They don't have nine. They're eight, they're eight and seven. Well, I mean, they would have nine. Like, they would have nine if they lost. No, they, no, they, they would have eight. If, they would have eight. Seven eight. and eight. They're seven, no, they're not the, the Raiders. Indy is no. We're talking no, about Indy. Oh, I thought we were talking about the Raiders. Sorry. I no, yeah. Like, sorry. Yeah. They're seven and eight. I got yeah. yeah. <laughs> they would need. They would need a, a shot to prayer uh, in the dark, and I don't even think it'd be possible. Even then, they would need basically everyone in front of them to lose in Week 18. Uh, <clears throat> so so we, I'm ruling Indy out. It's Jacksonville. It's going to that division, and if you're ruling Indy out, in my opinion. Fair. So you're really tossing it up between the Raiders and the Texans who get in. So you're so you're saying that you're saying the Bills are in as the as the six six seed. Miami or Miami or Buffalo is going to be six seed. Baltimore or Cleveland is going to be the five seed. Whoever, like, like I know you said Baltimore is the one seed. So you're looking at the the Raiders, 
and Houston getting in that in that seven seed. Yep. Wild. Or yeah. I mean, technically the Jag could too if they fall out if they don't win their division. Houston, I think it's Jacksonville or Houston. You can flip flop them, and then the other one between the Raiders getting in. What about Denver? I know, I know, we probably ruling them out because they sat Russell Wilson, but yeah, no, they're done. Yep. I think they're they gave themselves up after this past week. Like, so I actually, I everyone's like, why is that? So apparently, like, if Russell Wilson is on the is on can't clear his physical in April, then they are they he's already in the hook for thirty million next year. If he can't money. clear his physical in April, they have to pay him thirty seven million dollars for twenty twenty five. So if he got like hurt in these last two games, I think they're moving on from him. Then that means at the end of this year, oh, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so, which is crazy to me. I would. Call me, and this is what I would love to see, which is awesome. Dolphins win the division, Raiders get in, Raiders play in Miami for wild card weekend. We rematch. They they already came here once this year, and we won by seven points. It was actually a tough game. I remember telling Travis at that point in time, Travis like that was fucking embarrassing. I was like, the Raiders are scrappy. They fought scrappy, and since then they've been on a fucking tear since that game. They're scrappy, they but they're not a pl- they're not a playoff game winning team. In my no. opinion, if you lose, no. to fucking no, they know Connell. Yeah, come on, no, yeah. So there's that. So I mean, there's a lot of teams still in contention. We have it boiled down to combination of three teams in the NFC, combination of three teams in the AFC. Do we think we can make it in? Next week we'll have final narrow down yeah. of what we need to to have it happen. But yeah. Should be crazy. Should be fun. Um, before we head into anything else, let's give our final playoff predictions as of right now. Jarrett, NFC, who do you got? Like winning the whole thing? No, just go one through one through seven seeds. Uh, Niners, Eagles, um, Lions, Bucks, Cowboys. Uh, Seahawks, Packers. That's exactly what I have. Just because that Rams finish out, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it's Rams, but the Rams finishing out, they need a lot more to happen if they lose. Ethan, do you have the same thing? Yep. And the only, uh, I was going to say the same thing actually. So you kind of took it out of my words right out of my mouth is that I could see the Rams sneaking in as the seven as well, or I guess the six if they are tied with the Seahawks. But yeah. And I've got, which is what I'd like to see more than anything in the AFC, um, I've got Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, Jacksonville at the four, Cleveland at the five, Buffalo at the six, and I've got the Raiders taking that seven seed. Yeah, I could very well see it. Very well see it. It's going to be fun. That that year scenario will be fun because it means we have a Buffalo-Kansas City rematch, which would be a wild card yep. weekend, which would be a blast. Yeah, all those games would be good because you got Cleveland, Jacksonville too, which I think could be good with everyone's healthy for Cleveland come or Jacksonville come that time. Cleveland would mop the floor with them, I think. Be tough. I think Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville's, Jacksonville's doomed, and whoever wins the South is doomed. In that, in they're the just on the slide seat. downhill. Yeah, all, yeah, they all are. Um, so there's our MVP race, playoff race. We are going to roll into bowl season next so we've got the end of bowl season coming up which has been fun just i mean I, I think it's been a pretty 
fun bowl season to bet on. Has been, you know, the best, most exciting games, but there have been some good ones. From the time you're listening to this on Thursday until the end of the college football playoff, not the championship, there are 17 bowl games that we we're not going to touch on all of them, but we are going to run through. If we don't have a pick in them, that's fine. Uh, regardless of the fact, let's hop right into it. Thursday, the 28th, there are four bowl games. We've got the first one kicking off at 10 a.m. So no one's even listening to this by then, probably. We've got SMU versus Boston College and the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. SMU was 10-point favorites. Boston College, um, obviously coming in big underdogs. Over-unders 47 and a half. No real impact players being out. Preston Stone, he was out for the season, um, even in their conference championship game. So they got their backup coming in. Doesn't scare me a bit. I like SMU minus 10. Uh, I do too. Thomas Castellanos, trash. Sorry, don't care what you say. SMU's got a lockdown defense. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball. Uh, not to mention Boston College into the game, into the year in a three-game slide. Um, so, I mean, just talk about any – I'm looking at just the last five games. SMU won all of them. Then um, they they won a lot of them convincingly. I like SMU minus 10. Not my favorite play, but I, I, I'll i take a unit or so on it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't hate that play at all. I also really like the over 47 and a half here. SMU's offense is just a juggernaut. BC gives up a lot of yards and a lot of points in all the games that they've played this season, or not all, but most of the games that they've played this season. Um, like you said, no real impact players out. Um, I think that SMU could score 47 and a half by themselves. So I, I think this is a very low total for these two teams. That was going to be my argument, though, is that like SMU is going to carry a bulk of that weight and Boston College has to pick up some slack. I don't know if they get over 14 points, which might struggle to hit that over. I think, I think SMU minus 10 would probably be the safer play if you were looking at the over because I think they're going to be the team putting points up on the board. Probably, yeah. No, I, And I don't disagree with that. That's why I said I didn't hate the play. I just The first thing that jumped out to me was that over because it felt low for an SMU game. For sure. But, yeah. Next to that day, uh, or tomorrow, we've got one fifteen in the afternoon. It is the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl in Yankee Stadium. So we got Fenway Park in Yankee Stadium. We got Rutgers, who are two and a half point favorites over Miami, and the total is forty one and a half. I don't have um, anything. Let me scroll up. I'm gonna tell you real quick. Um, uh, there we go. Rutgers missing a tackle in a corner. Miami. Tyler Van Dyke, not there. Uh, wide receiver who had 500 yards and five touchdowns, missing an edge rusher, a linebacker, a sa- two safeties, and a defensive tackle. I think they are depleted. I hated this play then, like before I looked into it, and now I think Rutgers minus two and a half might be the better play. Uh, they're also at home. That shit's like right across the street. <laughs> so. They're like right True. up the road from New Brunswick. Um, not that that should make a huge difference, but I think that when you've got a lot more fans, bowl game, Miami's going from the real warm weather to the real cold weather, I'm assuming this weekend or tomorrow in uh, New York. I think that they'll be the more prepared team. So I like that play as well. Awesome. Next up, uh, we've got 445 game, the Pop-Tarts Bowl in Orlando. NC State taking on 
NC State taking on Kansas State, who is a two and a half point favorite, and the total is 47 and a half. NC State, um, not really missing a whole lot in offensive linemen and defensive linemen. K State, however, missing Will Howard, their quarterback, a running back who took on about half the work, an edge rusher, a corner, safety, a wide receiver who led the team in receptions, tight end who yeah. led the team in receiving yards and tight end touchdowns. Yeah. So the bet's NC State money line. That's the bet. money line. Yep. Yeah. And I and I want to I want to take it way back to August. NC State was my uh, team to watch in the ACC this year, and they held true to that prediction. I think that they looked good on both sides of the ball. You talked about all the players that are missing with Kansas State. I even think if everybody was playing and Will Howard hadn't transferred, I liked NC State in this game. So I love this play. I don't even know how they're underdogs. I know they have they have a guy. One of my employees goes to K State. And he's looking forward to next year because the guy they have coming in at quarterback is supposed to be pretty decent. He played pretty well. He had five rushing touchdowns against Texas Tech this year. Um, who, if they, but if they can corral him and kind of figure him out. I don't think it should be an issue for them. I know I might be asking a lot, but NC State money line with the value is easy there. Yeah, we're rolling rolling into the night game. Uh, Eight fifteen, got the Valero Alamo Bowl in San Antonio. Arizona three point favorites over Oklahoma. The total is 59 and a half. Arizona missing a left tackle. Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel leaving. Uh, a running back who took on half the work, a guard, a corner. Um, just kind of a lot of people. And I don't think that this game gets them out of bed to play. No. I, I initially, my initial bet was the over 59 and a half, just because both teams can score. I think I think the Oklahoma offense, no matter who you're playing, like they have quarterbacks that can play around the offense. In my opinion, we've seen it time and time again. Arizona hunters are insane, though. True, but yeah, because those Pac-12 overs were ridiculous, uh, like from <laughs> 60s and 70s. Like I think if you go look at their their last their last three games went over, um, and then the games before that they played UCLA and Oregon State. Um, and that under against Oregon State barely hit. Um, I like the over, but the more I've, I I like looked into it, I'm actually leaning Arizona minus two and a half to Travis's point. It gets them out of bed. They have a really good head coach. They're building a program there. They're built, they built. Arizona has been terrible for years. They right. want, this is like a stepping stone of like okay, let's take this into next year. So I'm officially changing my pick from over to Arizona minus two and a half. I also think too. Um... I mean, they ended the game or they ended the season on a six game win streak. So their momentum's there. Um, Jackson Arnold is the starter for Oklahoma in this bowl game. And he is here. He was a top prospect supposed to be like the most anticipated backup QB of bowl season, which is a weird thing to say, but I don't necessarily think it sways anything. Um, I also have Arizona in this game. I had a minus two and a half, Um, but I think that the game will be close if he plays well. I don't think it will be close if he does it, which I, should be asinine to say, but you're getting <clears throat> the problem is with Oklahoma. If the, even if this guy is like a huge prospect, you're getting a lot of new pieces. A guy because their offensive coordinator left, so you're you're kind of throwing a whole lot into the pot to try to figure out really quickly against a team who's trending up. Uh, and like I said, I think they just want it more. So we'll roll with Arizona. There got a lot more on the slate to talk about. Roll Friday. 11 a.m. Clemson, Kentucky. Uh, I'll tell you who is out. We've got 
wide receiver for Clemson. He was just middle of the line, safety, a linebacker who led the team in tackles and sacks, a corner, and a defensive lineman for Kentucky. You just have an edge rusher. No matter what, I still think Clemson is the deeper team. So I like in this. Who do you guys like? I don't have a bet in this game. I just thought it was a weird game, weird line. I, I'd stay away from it. I didn't have a, an official play in this game, but I don't hate that pick at all either. So we can ride. I was, I was, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna lean Clemson, but yeah, I mean, okay, there we go. One o'clock. You've got. Oh, sorry, that was the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. By the way, one o'clock. You've got the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl in El Paso, <laughs> Oregon State, Notre Dame. Uh, kind of a gross game because for Oregon State, no DJU, no Jack Veeling, who led the team in receiving touchdowns. Uh, also missing their leading tackler linebacker, second tackler safety. Got a lot of guys who are out. Damian Martinez, the running back, suspended for fucking getting a DUI. Notre Dame, you've got the top three wide receivers out, the fucking quarterback out, the running back out. Is literally just a backup shit show. I'm staying away from this completely. Yeah. I initially had Notre Dame minus six and a half uh, just because of, I think, Oregon State's missing. To me, you're missing your quarterback. It was a transfer-heavy team anyway, and you have guys leaving. Uh, you know, with DJU being, being their leading piece there. But, yeah. Their backup know. quarterback also transferred. Oh, and they're missing their head coach. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just a mess, a mess. Of it the is. Game. I think but, as low as the under is, I, I wouldn't be an official play, but I might sprinkle something on the under because I, I really don't think there's a lot of points scored in this game, but 41 and, and a half. Is 41 and a half. Yeah. Listening. Um, we got four games. We're going to be out. We're going to be having a good time on Friday. Cause we got Mizzou playing that night. Maybe a game that I just stay away from more drunkenly bet or bet and then get drunk and watch the end of it. Who knows? Um, 230 is the next one, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl in Memphis. So it's a home game because we got Memphis taking on Iowa State, who Iowa State is a 10.5 point favorite over under a 57.5. Memphis has a god awful defense, missing a right guard and a left tackle, also missing both of their running backs who lead, led the team in carries and second in carries. Uh, or sorry, Iowa State, that is. <clears throat> Memphis missing two offensive linemen. I don't have anything in this game. What do you guys have? Nothing. I don't have anything officially. I felt like the spread was kind of big. We've seen Memphis play, but again, if you're missing people, I was talking to Travis earlier. I was like, I, I made my picks based on everybody being there and healthy. And then I was going to wait to hear what Travis had to say about people out. So I initially leaned Memphis plus 10 and a half because of the spread. But if they're missing some offensive linemen and as bad as their defense struggled, kind of hard to, Assume that it's even going to be close, but yeah, just a weird game. I know it's at home, but I mean, their defense is god awful going into Friday night. Mizzou, Ohio State, um, Mizzou missing no significant players. All their team wants to play there, wants to be in the Cotton Bowl play for Eli. Ohio State missing Kyle McCord, uh, a wide receiver who didn't really do a whole lot, numerous opt outs that are possible. I don't know if we still know if Marvin Harrison or Namike Buga is playing tight end Cade Stover, cornerback Denzel Burke, and their entire starting defensive line. All those guys are possible to not play. I don't know what the status of those guys their, are, though. Their fucking coaches are being so cryptic. And I'm like, I mean, I get it. But like, so like today they asked and 
about uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. And one of their coaches was like, I don't know if you ask him, he's ready to go. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. that doesn't answer the fucking question. Is he playing? He can be ready to go, but is he playing? And I will say too, we talk about no significant players missing. Rake Straw's been out, so that's not necessarily something that we're surprised about, but not having Tyron Hopper also kind of sucks. But I don't necessarily think it's going to sway my uh, my pick here. I mean, if, if we're not betting Mizzou money line, we're betting Mizzou money line. I don't what care. Are we, if it's yeah, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just too juicy of a bet to not take there. I mean, with all the guys that Ohio State is missing, could potentially have missing. And listen, I'm on record of saying I don't care if Kyle McCord were to play in this game or not. I don't care if Marvin Harrison Jr. were to play in this game. I think we still have the chops to, to, to go toe to toe with them. Yeah, um, get it while opinion. it's hot. Because yeah. if these guys opt out, that line's going to move at least a couple points. So it has moved from Ohio State minus six and a half to Mizzou minus three to now back to Ohio State minus three. So it might be trending to where some of those guys are playing. Regardless, um, I mean, we get, we're going to take Mizzou because that's right. It's a little bit of a homework pick, but. Fuck it. It's the time. God I mean, it all makes sense. We haven't, we haven't won a bowl game since the last time we won the Cotton Bowl in 2014. It's been a decade. It's time. It's time. It's time. Cotton all right. Also cool. Haven't we won it the last three times we've been in it? Yep. Yes, sir. Let's go. Maybe so. <laughs> Move on into Saturday, the 30th at 11 a.m. Ole Miss taking on Penn State in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl in Atlanta. Um I'll tell you the opt-outs who we've got here. Ole Miss missing a defensive end. Penn State missing second all second team tight end, left tackle, edge rusher. Um, again, get up in the morning. Who wants it more? Who has the more explosive team? I like Ole Miss money line here, and they are four and a half dogs. I like I them plus four and a half, but I think. Yeah, I, th- I think plus four and a half is a safer play, but I will definitely sprinkle some on some money on the money line as well. But I think plus four and a half is old miss is easy money. That's my f- that was my favorite pick of up and up through the rest of these games until championships Monday. Perfect. Next one o'clock on Saturday, the trans perfect music city bowl in Nashville. We've got Auburn. Taking on Maryland. Auburn is a seven point favorite. Total is 47 and a half. Auburn's missing no significant players. <clears throat> Maryland, they've got a second, their second receiving offensive player in their tight end. Linebacker, Talia Tagovailoa is not playing in a corner who led team and INTs is not playing. It just means more. At CC, give me Auburn. I initially had Maryland, but I didn't know, I didn't know Talia wasn't playing. So uh, I, I, this might be a game I just stay away from, to be honest yeah, with you. For sure. Maybe sprinkle a little on Auburn minus seven, but it is a little yeah. bit of a large spread that you might not want to take. Next, three o'clock. This is an unbelievable spread in this game. Georgia <laughs> taking on Florida State in the Capital One Orange Bowl in Miami. Georgia's nothing in this game. So I'm going to make a drink. Yeah. Yeah, I've, it's so large that I'm like, do you play Florida State plus 19 because of how large it is? But it can't be an official pick because this game could be 45 to nothing. Like, 
I probably won't do a single play on it, but if I was going to lean aside, I feel like Florida State just because. I mean, I mean, you've got an undefeated team versus a really good Georgia team, and I can't imagine this is more than three touchdowns worth of a spread. But maybe it is. But nobody for Florida State's playing. Uh, Tate Rodemaker is transferring. He's not playing. Trey Benson, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, all those guys going to the draft. I don't think they are playing. Yeah. Uh, Okay, it's one of those games where it's like if Georgia doesn't come out hungry because they miss on the college football playoff and Florida State True. does, then it could be you know a battle in one of those games that you're like, oh, I didn't think it'd be this close. Or Georgia wins 49 to 10. <laughs> Is Carson Beck playing? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because that's I think that's important too. Is Brock well is Brock Bowers playing though? Because he's going to the draft. But yes. Still probably he's, playing. He's though. supposed okay. to play. Yep. All I mean, this, and even the if thing they is didn't, with Georgia, all their guys are supposed to play. Yeah. It's it's going to be a game where on Saturday, like if I'm like if I miss, if I whiff on, um, Ole Miss, we whiff on Ole Miss, and then there's an NFL game that day that night. I'm like, you know, like it's just like something like I may, I probably would lean Georgia with all those guys in, but. It's just too large of a spread for me to even touch in a bowl game. There are no night games on December 30th. Uh, nope, there are not because this it's next wild. game starts at 3.30. Yeah. It's the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl in Tucson. We've got Toledo <laughs> taking on Wyoming, who is a three-point favorite. The total is 44.5 for Wyoming. They are missing a corner, and their head coach is retiring after the game, so this is going to be his last game. Toledo, Daquan Finn, their quarterback, is in the transfer portal, and they're missing a guard as well. Um, you got to go with the team with the coach retiring at the end of the game. Who was that? I, I, I don't yeah, have to say which, which one was that again? <laughs> Wyoming, minus three. Okay. Sure. Why not? I mean, there's, there's definitely going to be a lot more rallying behind him. I didn't know that was a thing, so. I didn't have a play in this game, but how do you not rally behind your coach that is his last game ever? We've seen it time and time again and you know, One Tree Hill and <laughs> some of these other other shows, man. Fictional Gar- shows. Gary, Gar- no, fucking Gary Pinkle whenever Mizzou was dogs of the year and went into Arrowhead and beat BYU. That was a fun game. The blast, yeah. Whenever fucking don't remember you were there. <laughs> oh, I know. But I wasn't. He just, that was the night we pissed in the woods outside of Airheads parking lot because the line for the porta potties was fucking <laughs> ten miles long. Yeah, leave it to fucking Airheads event staff. Can I yeah. can I say one thing real fast about this slate? Just because we just I just mentioned it. Why are there no night games on this day? Because because it's fucking because nobody's and, and Detroit plays the Saturday night game. That's oh, I yeah, I thought huge. I thought it was going to be some bullshit about New Year's, and I'm like. Who the fuck celebrates New Year's the day before New Year's? No, it's because <laughs> Dallas and Detroit. It's a and massive game reason. for the NFL. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then we have no New Year's Eve bowls. <clears throat> Rolling a New Year's Day at eleven a.m. We got Wisconsin and LSU, uh, in the ReliQuest Bowl in Tampa. LSU is ten point favorites. Totals fifty five and a half. However, Wisconsin, or sorry, LSU is missing Jaden Daniels. That's pretty much their. Their big key player out, obviously, Heisman Trophy winner. Wisconsin is missing two wide receivers, linebacker, their running back, a center, and a corner. Hate everything. 
Yep, not touching anything in this game. Yeah, like who do we know who LSU's backup quarterback is and what their talent level is like? Uh, What's his name? Garrett Nussmeyer. Garrett Nussmeyer. (laughs) He's not Jane Daniels. So, no. The dude led his team in passing and rushing. (laughs) Yeah, and Wisconsin is Wisconsin. So, fuck that. Right. Next at noon, you've got Liberty and Oregon in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl in Glendale. Oregon is a 16 and a half point favorite. The total is 67 and a half. Liberty is missing uh, their backup quarterback. Oregon is missing Bucky Irving, a center. And then I don't know if Bo Nix or Troy Flanker, Troy Flank, Franklin, fuck, are going to play. <laughs> right now they're projected to play, but I don't know. If Bonix plays, I like Oregon. Liberty sh- like backed into this game because Tulane fumbled the bag at the end of the year and didn't get the the non uh, power five near six bowl bid. They don't belong in this game. No offense to them. They've been a good program the last few years, but if they Bonex have plays, the worst strength of schedule in the entire college football division one FBS. There you go. Hundred and thirty third. If Bonix plays, they're winning this game by forty. Like, yeah, I don't think this game's close, especially because he's just got a chip on his shoulder from from that fucking Pac-12 championship yep. game, not getting the Heisman. He's coming out. I mean, this could be a game that where if he just goes nuclear, his draft stock could go up a couple notches. True. He's yep. playing for draft stock. That's a good point. We saw with Herbert. <clears throat> Herbert fucking went off in the Pac-12 championship game and got in then his draft stock, draft stock got elevated up. So, yeah. Someone's phone's really close to the mic. Yep. (laughs) Next up, at also 12 o'clock that day, we have the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. Might be a better game to tune into in Orlando. We've got Iowa taking on Tennessee. Tennessee is a six-point favorite. Typical Iowa total, 35 and a half. I will tell you, Iowa is missing a pretty much no-name wide receiver. Tennessee, a D-end, a DB, a safety, and their running back who led the team in carries and rush yards also – um, their quarterback. I was gonna say if you'd have just if you'd have just given me defensive players that they were missing, I'd have told you it didn't fucking matter because Iowa can't score the football anyways. But say, I they're missing some offensive it. players too that can make it a little trickier. But. I like Tennessee minus six here. It's, ten, Iowa's horrible. I I'll do you one play, better. But Iowa under fourteen and a half team total. Yeah. 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 Again, <laughs> I don't. I don't care. Tennessee's missing on the defensive side of the ball. They cannot score. Like they are so bad on the offensive side of the ball. Well, they're still trotting out Deacon Hill at quarterback. So as long yep. as he's, you're basically trotting out an offensive lineman to throw the football around. Can't do there it. You go. Either way, you could take both and double down. <clears throat> all right. The moment you've all been waiting for: the college football playoff, four o'clock that evening. In the Rose Bowl, we've got Alabama taking on Michigan. Michigan is a one and a half point favorite, so essentially a pick 'em. Total is 44 and a half. Obviously, no sit-outs in these games, boys. I think we're gonna have some controversy here. Oh, we definitely are. We definitely are. Because there's a line, there's a pick in this game that it's I'm gonna hammer. <laughs> and let's hear I it. know Tra- I know Travis is gonna dif- di- disagree with me. And Ethan might as well. I like Alabama money line. I like Michigan. <laughs> yeah, I knew. I know you did. I 
I don't know. I like the over. <laughs> um, there you go. Might not yeah. be a bad pick. Yeah, it, yeah, it no. feels low. I know ride the over, over points. I was gonna say I know Michigan's defense is fantastic, but I feel like in a game like this, Jalen Milrow has been playing so well. Alabama's offenses look pretty dynamic. Michigan can score the ball. Um, it's just can Alabama get past Michigan's defense? If you think Alabama is so. going to win, then I think that points are put up. And if Travis so. thinks Michigan's going to win, they got to keep up. So, like, I feel like 44 and a half is a very low total for this. It's very low. Semifinal. There yeah. we go. That's, that's the official pick. I think that's the only way to go because to, to Ethan's point there, like, if Travis and I both think that team, these teams will be competitive and win, like, but also Michigan. So the final's going to be ten to seven. I mean, <laughs> I was like, it could be like it could be a fucking twenty to thirteen game. Michigan could cover. I personally, it's going to happen. I think what's going to ha- come into play here is coaching experience. Nick Saban's been here before. Jim Harbaugh has not really impressed in the college football playoff, in my opinion. Um, so I, I just think it's going to come down to that. And also, I think. Alabama is going to lean into a lot, like a lot of the narrative leading into the week, and in, in, in that locker room, personally, is like, you know, the whole cheating scandal with the scouting thing, with the Connor Stallions bullshit. Like, I I think Alabama will win, but for the pod's sake, I think the over is going to be our official play. I do think that this, you know, and I'm not trying to like lean one way or another here because that's why I stayed away from sides. But if there was ever a year that Michigan was going to win it. It's this year because I don't think they have a chance in the near future. I'm not going to talk about the I far th- future, but near future, yeah. you might you might lose Jim Harbaugh in the offseason. There's so much turmoil around that team that I think if they're going to do it, hear, it has to be hear, this year. I want to hear why Travis thinks J.J. McCarthy is the guy that can beat Alabama. <clears throat> I am just a firm believer that of Alabama teams in the past, this team is the worst one of them. I... Jalen Milrow, we've seen time and time again, have come out and just not looked good and has to save his ass at the very end. He's the fucking fourth and 31, I think, is what it was when they had to beat Auburn. Uh, yeah, they technically Michigan, be here. Michigan doesn't really put themselves in that situation. I think their defense is phenomenal. Um, you've got two, like a freaking dual-headed monster at running back that I think – you could go either which way, whether they're going to run the ball, fake the run. Their offense isn't like, not like, oh my God, blow you away, but it's enough to get the job done with what the defense has. With that being said, I like the over more than I like Michigan. Uh, we've seen college football playoff games be exciting. I think this is going to be one of them. Kick the night off uh, on New Year's Day. So I do like the over a little bit more, but for some reason, and I don't know why ever since this matchup got announced, I was like, I like, I've just had a gut feeling to just take Michigan and I always go with my gut. And that's kind of how I was with Alabama. Like, I don't really have like a good reason besides like the ones I've given you, but I think for the pod's sake, the over is probably the safer bet. I also have just seen everyone and their brother on Alabama and the spread hasn't moved a cent anywhere. So... Yeah, I mean, majority of the bets and money are in Alabama. So I don't disagree with you there. So. <clears throat> All right. Let's head into the final game of college football bowl season outside of the championship game. We've got, I mean, first of all, I will preface this with saying that these game two games should be bangers. 
They should be very absolutely. Fun. I think they're gonna be fun. Both of them. I think they should be flip-flopped. I think Bama Michigan shut the night cap. That's just my opinion. Oh, I don't know. This game could be really exciting too. We've got 745 Texas taking on Washington in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Um, big trip for Washington. Obviously, it doesn't really matter. They've been there for a week and a half, probably. Texas, however, is a four and a half point favorite over under 63 and a half. Um it's a tough game. I initially leaned Texas in this game, but the spread. Yep. I like Weird. Washington to cover the spread. They might not win, but there you got a lot of dogs in that team. I've been on again, off again on the Michael Penix train. I think that if this is one of those games where I bet against him, he pops off and they win. The total is high. I, I know Washington has a suspect defense. I'm not going to take the total in this game. You can't convince me otherwise. Well, I'll tell you, I think that's why, Jarrett, that it's the nightcap is because I think that points are just going to be scored left and right. Even if this over doesn't hit, I mean, 63 points, like I, I think they're just expecting this to just be a banger where it's just play after play after play being made um, on, I guess, both sides of the ball technically, but I think points are going to be put up pretty well here. I like the plus four and a half too. And the reason is because Jared, you just talked about experience and I know you talked about coaching experience specifically, but Michael Penix jr. Has been doing this for a long time. He's been in the league now for what? Five years. He's was at Indiana for four. And now he's at fucking so six years. Now he's at Washington for grad school for the last two. Um, I know Quinn Ewers has been around for a few years as a while or a few years a while as well. Jesus Christ, man. Um, but <laughs> Michael Penix jr. Tons of experience. The dude is, been in the game this defense of washington's is suspect but their offense is so dynamic with the receivers that they have um their running back has over a thousand rushing yards um i just think that they they look so good on that side of the ball that it's going to be a shootout but that means it's going to be close problem with washington guys is i don't know like you look at their schedule the last five USC, they beat them by 10. USC was not good this year. Utah beat them by 7 at home. Utah is missing their star quarterback. Beat Oregon State by ranked. 2. What? All these teams were ranked outside of Washington State. Okay. And Texas is blowing the doors off Oklahoma State. Blew the doors off Texas Tech. Yeah, they played a close game against TCU. So, I could see it either way. I'll look for an excuse to bet against Texas every day of the week. So I will take the Washington plus four and a half. But on record, I just want to be known, I am taking the over. I'll take both overs in these games. Bam money line, Bam Michigan over. I'll take Washington plus four and a half, even though I like Texas initially, but you guys talked me out of it. And then the overs, it's three and a half. I like Texas to win this game, but every time, every time I bet against Michael Penix, he just, you know, throws fucking 380 yards and four touchdowns. Like, it's without a doubt. And I told myself that if this was not a pick em, I could not bet against him. And, you know, you're like, oh, pick him four and a half. Four and a half is a, is a no. hell of a lot different than one and a half. It really is. Yeah. So the Bama Mission game is basically a pick em. This game is not. This could be a. 45 44 game, a fucking 24 20 game, like something stupid like that. So, all right. Well, there you have it. We just ran through all the bowl games. Um, 
that will seal up from bowl season. And we will roll into our NFL picks. All right. <clears throat> I lied. Before we hop into the NFL picks, we got to do this game that we've been forgetting about because we've been fucking rambling. So, Ethan, take the floor. Yep. So, uh, if you all have been on TikTok, and if you've not, it's okay. I'm going to explain it to you. There's these guys. I apologize that I don't remember what the fucking account name is. Jarrett might know. BDGE, I think. Yeah, yeah that yeah. one. Um, yeah. They do games on the reg, but one of the games that they do yeah. is just different statistical categories, league leaders, things like that. Um, and it's like a chart, and the other guys have to guess the entire board basically before getting three strikes. So that's what we're <clears throat> going to do here. In the honor of bowl season, I am going to ask you guys to give me the top 20 most bowl appearances by team in college football history. All right. Can I go first? Uh, I will I will let Jarrett start since he asked. Uh, Alabama. Alabama is number one. Travis. Yeah. <clears throat> Texas. Texas is number three. USC. Number six. Oklahoma. <laughs> it's tough. I guess it gets a little tough, but yeah, Oklahoma is number four. Good guess. Florida. Florida is number 13. Florida State. Number 13 as well. Both tied with 48 bowl appearances. Uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Not on the list. Wow. So I have a strike. Wow. One strike for Jarrett. Michigan. Michigan. Number 11. And Jarrett, uh, Notre Dame is number 23. So just off the list. Just missed it. Okay. Michigan's number seven. <clears throat> Michigan was number 11. 11. 11. Um, I am going to guess another blue blood SEC school. I'm going to go LSU. LSU is number six. Good guess. This is a shot. This is a shot. Auburn. It is a shot. And it's a good shot. They're number 15. Shit. Pressure's on. I'm going to go Penn State. Penn State is on the list at number nine. Sorry, I couldn't find him. <laughs> I was going to say there's no way. <clears throat> Texas A&M. Oof. Barely made the list at number 19. Wow. Wow. How many do they have? They have 43 bowl appearances. I couldn't find bowl wins. I wanted to do bowl wins, but I could not find an article. Bowl appearances was the only article that came up. Oh, the U. The U. Yeah, Miami is... uh, Where are they at? Number 18. Right right in front of the Aggies. Sorry, they're actually tied. Okay. About forty-three. This is a tough one because I haven't been good yeah, as of late. UCLA. UCLA. Um, a it's a very good guess. 
It is unfortunately not a good enough guess. They are not on the list. Okay. Nebraska. Nebraska's number nine with 53 appearances. Mm, Tied with Penn State. What do we have left? You have the number two team still. Wow. The number five, the number six. Tied for six, actually. Two teams tied for six. You've gotten neither. Uh, number 11, 12. So we have, we have, 16, we have, we have, 17. We have quite a few. We've got about half done. A little under half. <clears throat> yeah. Um, throw this out historically good. Tennessee. There you go. There's your number five. Tennessee. 56 bowl appearances. Ohio State. There you go. You're starting to pick it up. You're, you're starting to see the Blue Bloods go. Ohio State is number six, tied with LSU at 55. One less than Tennessee. Um, I really throw this out. Regency bias. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know historical Georgia. Georgia's number two. Yeah, wow. they're on there. That was, that was a good, yep. good guess. Um. Fuck. I am going to guess North Carolina. That was a stupid guess. I it wrong. Stupid guess. It, it, it is indeed wrong. They are not on the list. Yeah, they don't make the top twenty-five, which is what I have here. But yeah, two strikes for Jared. One um, strike for Travis. Iowa. Not on the list. Both got two strikes. Not down to the down to the hard part. I believe in you guys. There's still a lot of good teams on this list. I know, I know, but it's like it's like drawing a blank. I'm trying to think of it. I think we haven't named a lot of ACC schools, but I don't know if they're like historical bowl appearance teams. Something like big classic Big Ten teams with name so Penn State. I can give you guys. Conferences of who's left, if that'll help. No, what do you okay. want, Travis? It won't. I mean, we both have two strikes. Well, I, yeah. I mean, we can also can just keep going to finish the list. There's not that many left, and if you guys get three strikes, okay. we can still keep going. But okay, I am going to guess. There's no way we are on there. I, I've, I know because we were terrible in the '90s. Um, also, think about the number I said. That number twenty has 41 bowl appearances. Yeah, that's a lot. I can't believe Notre Dame wasn't on there. Um, oh, this is like a layup. Navy. Not on the list. Travis, Fuck. you can technically win the game if you get this one right. If not, we're going continuing sudden death. Oklahoma State. That's what, that was my second guess. Good guess, but not on the list. All right, do you want conferences now? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we've got... Technically, two Pac-12 schools. One of them is tied for 20th. I was just going to give you the top one on the list, but we can do any of the three, I guess. Um, so two Pac-12 schools. We have got one Big Ten school left. Um, we have... Oh, I know. I know. One, two ACC schools. One, two SEC schools. And another Big 12 school is tied for, for 20th, but... 
again. So ACC, Virginia Tech? No. Clemson. Yes. Wow. Clemson is the is the other one. Or one of the that other was, ACC schools, sorry. That was a lot harder than what I thought. My my secondary guess for Pac-12 would have been Colorado. Also not on this list. There's a team that you guys are really missing here. Stanford? You said UCLA. I said USC earlier. Oh, my bad. Okay, that's one I did not highlight off. Sorry, so you actually only have one Pac-12 school left and tied for 20. I I said said USC. My bad. So I I didn't highlight it off. Is it is it is it UW? Washington? Washington yeah. Huskies are tied for twentieth. Wow. Yeah. That was crazy. Than I thought it would be. <clears throat> that was tough. Uh yeah. the All big right, ten to... school, is it Michigan State? Did you are sorry, did you already say Michigan too? Because I must have missed yeah. that one as well. Okay. Michigan. So then you got the Big Ten school. So you're actually just left with an ACC school and an Arkansas school. Or, Jesus Christ. And Arkansas. <laughs> I was Arkansas. Arkansas. I was um, Arkansas. There's one more ACC school left. I don't know if you'd get it. Um, North Carolina State. Jarrett, what'd you say? North Carolina State. Neither. Um, you want me to give it what to the you? Fuck. Yeah. It's Georgia Tech. Oh, wow. wow. Would have no. never guessed that. They used to be in the no. SEC, I believe, right? So at, mm-hmm. at one point, they. Uh, Maybe you're playing some better competition. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's Georgia Tech. And then the other 20th ranked school is Ole Miss. Oh, wow. Cool. No no armed forces because they usually go to the armed forces ball every year. I was no, I, I don't know if they're just not counting it. Um, I'll give you I the don't ones know you just how, I don't know how long that's been a thing, though. That's true. Yeah. Because I, I was thinking, I like, don't know as well. I feel like. Yeah, that's true. I feel like I was, I was thinking like Navy, Army, like Hawaii used to always go to the Hawaii Bowl back in the day. Like no matter what, if they were six and six, they'd go to the Hawaii Bowl. Like, but yeah, like you said, I don't know how long it's been around. Yep. So wow. this gave me the this gave me the top twenty five. You guys have now ta- named all top twenty. I will give you the ones that just missed the cut. You already mentioned Notre Dame. Um, they were just off the list, tied for twenty third with BYU yep. and West Virginia. Um, the only other one that you did not name at 21st was Texas Tech. Okay. Cool. So solid All list. Right. Um a lot Alrighty. of a lot of obviously powerhouses, but there were some names on there that I was not expecting, like Georgia Tech, even Arkansas, who game. I know was historically great, but would not have thought of them. That's a game we can play more often with like historical stat leaders and stuff. That's something I need to think about. So yeah. And I love being host. So if you guys want to be the guessers, I am I'm very happy with finding categories out there. So <laughs> there we go. I love it. <clears throat> All right. Let's roll in, round out the episode with our NFL picks for this week. The NFL slate starts on Saturday. Or no, I mean, obviously we have the Thursday night game. We've got the Jets at the Browns. Does anybody have a pick in this game? I mean, how can you not bet Browns minus seven? They are seven and one against the spread at home. Ethan just talked about how Joe Flacco's slinging it. The Jets are one four and one on the road against the spread. I mean, I mean, it, it, Browns win; they're in the playoffs, so it means more. That's fair. That's fair. I don't, I don't hate that pick. I just, I didn't have an official pick it. in this game, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's just let's just roll in order. Who's got who? Who has a pick that they love? They want to throw out. 
Oh, well, there's a Saturday game. Does anyone have a, a pick in the Saturday game? I do. I do too. Do you, what is your pick? I, I like the over 53 and a half. Here's it's why. So big, it's, but I want to hear your reasoning. Yes. Detroit and Dallas. Unders have hit in the last three Dallas games. You think, what the fuck are you talking about, Jared? Before that, the overs in Dallas games were eight and four on the year. Detroit overs are 10 and five. This is like a game where I think Dallas's offense has sputtered the last two weeks. They struggled against Miami. They struggled against Buffalo. They're playing a very, very suspect Lions defense at home. They play very, very well at home. Um, I think the Lions are going to come out and they're, they're going to score some points too. Um, I think Dallas wins this game, but I think I would rather just see points be scored. So that's why I like the over 53 and a half. Okay. I like the Lions plus six and a half. Um, the thing with Jared Goff is people are saying like he hasn't been playing well on the road. I think he just doesn't play well when he's not in a dome and he's in a dome this week. Um, I think that the way he looked last week, the way that that offense looked last week. And, and again, that kind of goes to your point as well of putting up points. But I think that the Lions being six and a half point underdogs in this game where I think they just won the North. They got a lot of momentum. Jared Goff is in a dome again on turf like this is this is where he thrives. Um, that I think that they get the job done and at least cover that spread. I'm not saying they win this game outright, um, but that this is a close game because of the momentum they just pulled. Um, and they just look better the last couple of weeks as well than they had sputtered the previous the previous couple. Yeah, I don't I didn't have anything this in this game because I thought it was kind of weird. We've seen both teams be very hit or miss. Uh, whether it be scoring, not scoring, obviously Dallas has been good at home, but then we see the Dallas team that comes out and they shit the bed. We've seen the Lions team that comes out and shit the bed. You never know what you're going to get with either of these teams. That's why their playoff odds, in my opinion, are just up in the air. I don't know if either of these teams can put together a fucking game, like a stretch of three games that is like <laughs> consistent. I really right. don't. So. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll put out a pick on Saturday for what we like. Sunday. Got a pretty good slate here going on. We've talked about this earlier. One of my favorite picks of the week. We've got the Raiders at the Colts. The Colts are three and a half point favorites. I like Raiders money line. It just means more. Yeah. I also, it just means more. I like, I like the, I like the Raiders to points, but I could definitely see taking the money line. So. Yeah. I like that pick as well. That was on my board yeah. as, as well. Was the, the spread was, but I'm very okay with riding money line. Yeah. Fuck the spread. We'd like value here. I got another pick on Sunday right now, but I think you got to lock it in sooner rather than later. So when you listen to this, it's Carolina at Jacksonville. Jacksonville right now is only a six and a half point favorite because they're like Trevor Lawrence may or may not play. He's going to fucking play. And I think if he if, once it, it's announced officially that he's that he is going to play, this line will jump jump up to, to double digits. So this is with the caveat saying lock it in now at a touchdown favorite. There's no way they lose this game. They cannot lose this game, and they won't lose this game to Carolina. Um, Trevor Lawrence plays; they win this game by double digits, easy. So okay, I like the confidence. I'm not going to disagree with you. It wasn't that on my card. Um, and I can't even like argue because I just watched the Panthers 
demolished the Packers defense, but also understanding that that was the Packers defense as compared to literally any other defense in the NFL. Um, but yeah, six and a half right now. That's good. If it's any higher, that scares me, but six and a half. Yeah. It's yeah. a, nice, a nice line <clears throat> on the road. The Panthers are 0 and eight. They have lost by 14, 10, 18, 21, three to the bears, seven, three to the bucks, 22. And that's it. So there you go. Rock it out. Hammer it. Yeah. Whatever you want to do with it. I just want to put an asterisk on that saying you got reverse teaser before they announce Trevor Lawrence as a starter. Because when they do, that he's officially going to play, it'll jump. Ethan. Yeah. um, The next one I have, you're not going to like the spread, but I'll give you my reason why. Um, It's the 49ers at the Commanders. The 49ers are minus 13. I like it. I like it. 49ers minus 13. They're playing Jacoby Brissett, backup quarterback. I know he's not a bad backup quarterback, but he hasn't really gotten any playing time this year. Brock Purdy's coming off of an abysmal performance where they lost. They're looking for a bounce-back game against a struggling commander's team. That is now 4-11, and and I believe in the basement of the NFC East. Um, They're in shambles. As we know, they traded away their two best defenders earlier this season, and since then their defense hasn't looked that great. 49ers in a bounce back way in a big way by a two touchdown spread. And I'm not even hesitating. I also like this too. Uh, Washington's 05 and one against the spread at home. Like Ethan said, a big bounce back spot for San Francisco. I don't, there's no way that they have two bad games in a row and it's just impossible to have two bad games against this team. Also Shanahan going against his former team here. I think this is going to be a big, like just rah, rah, let's, let's get our shit back in gear before the playoffs come. My next one, this is a noon game. It is in East Rutherford. It is the Rams minus four and a half against the Giants. This number is climbing by the minute. Um, this is a game we talked about. Rams are in a win-out mode. Giants, obviously, not a whole lot to play for. They have Tyrod Taylor in, who is a dog. Yes, don't get me wrong. But like Jared said earlier, this is a Rams team that you do not want to play. Four and a half. I think they could win by double digits in this game. They have the much more powerful offense. Um, defense has kind of been locking it down. The Giants team, yeah, they kind of put up a fight against the Philly, but at the end of the day, you got to think about what's at stake here. So I'm going with the better team, the more motivated team, and the Rams minus four and a half. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I, I get it too, and I also – it sucks for people, obviously, that you're not listening literally right now. Because by the time you wake up tomorrow and listen to this, the line can be even be further because on ESPN bet, it's actually already up to minus five and a half. Um, we'll play it at minus four and a half on other books, but it is literally already climbing. Like Travis said, um, I like the pick too. Um, I did not put it on my official card. I don't really have a reason why just wasn't on my official card. Um, but you're right. Must win, must win game for the Rams must lose game. I guess if you want some draft stock for the giants. So why not? I agree. And to Travis's point, like the, the Giants played the Eagles, the Eagles tough. And Jesse, cover your ears if you, if you made it this far. But our buddy Sean Malone <laughs> said, and I we don't disagree with him, outside of the tush push, what aspect of the game are the Eagles particularly good at? 
Like they're not. So like to me, like I can't look at that game. I think the Rams, like Travis said, it went now mode. I like I like this pick, but you're gonna have to lock it in early because it's gonna climb. Upset alert this week: Cardinals over the Eagles, and Ooh. over under amount of Jesse tweets out <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Love you, Jesse. A lot. <laughs> Three and a half. Applies. Uh, can't wait for that Being text slipped. tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I have one more play, and. It kind of goes off my last play, and you guys might hate it, and that's totally fine. It is a 325 game on Sunday, and I like the hockey stick over the Broncos on the road. Give me Easton Stick. I a plus three and a half. <laughs> yeah, oh give, me, give me Chargers plus three and a half as well against Jared Stidham. I still want to know if his parents named him after the hockey stick brand because it's literally Easton, and it's a stick. but. Um, they've struggled the last couple of weeks. We know they got torched by the Raiders. Um, I think that some rhythm with him as a backup Keenan Allen should be back unless they just decide to bench him because of non-factor in anything for the rest of the season. Um, but I still like them in this game. Um, I just can't imagine Jared Stidham leading this team to a win when they, it seems like they're kind of folding the season anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that bet. I mean, I, I didn't put it on my card because I I created my card before I heard the Russell Wilson news. But I, with that, and I think even before that, they're like five and a half. So don't hate that at all. I also have another three twenty five game on Sunday. Um, I'm taking the Bengals plus seven against Kansas City. I think right now it's just it's just egregious to bet on the on the Chiefs. Like that's literally the only reason I I, I have it since he's going to be itching to to bounce back off of a terrible game against Pittsburgh. They have an extra day to prepare. I know that that seems like it doesn't mean a lot, but I think it does a little bit. Kansas City is a team that, like, when you look at their body language on the sidelines amongst all their star players, it's not great. Like, when you have guys that are throwing helmets and fighting with one another, like, I just just think that locker room's lost a little bit. Bro, I don't know, and I, I don't live with either of you, but I have seen Patrick Mahomes cry more than both of your kids combined. Like it, it's wild how much that dude has complained in the last three weeks on the field It is such a bad look for somebody who was supposed to be. And he wasn't my face, but was supposed to be one of the faces of the NFL. Like it's, yeah. it, it's a horrible look for him. Yeah. Yeah. I know my kid so, cries a lot. <laughs> I was gonna say, I haven't seen him. That's why I said, I don't live with you. But from what I've seen, I've seen Patrick Mahomes have more tears in his eyes than I've seen Jackson Cam in my entire life. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, Cam gets pretty pissed off whenever the trains don't line up on the track right and he just fucking throws him and throws a fit. So, I mean, there's a little shit pisses him off too. So, but to your point, I don't disagree. Before we dive into that, uh, and this this might be a little bit of of a sidetrack, but this season, in my eyes, I know it's only one season, the legacy of Travis Kelsey is being tarnished. He's he's got to retire. He, <laughs> it's just not there anymore, man. It's not. <laughs> but he had retire, come out before. The bro is like twenty seven. <laughs> no, he's way older than that. I don't. I don't. Even so, quarterbacks play until they're forty. Now we can't say retire. Now I'm not going to argue. You know how with old you, Travis Kelsey is. He's 30, 34. Travis Kelsey's 34. old as shit. I'm talking about yeah. Mahomes. 
No, no we, you know, we, Travis Kelsey. We were just talking about Mahomes. When did y'all start talking no. about Kelsey? He, <laughs> Travis, Travis, said, Travis said, Travis said, of Travis Kelsey's career. Oh man, this am season. I drunk? Because I insane. totally thought you said the the tarnish of Mahomes' career. No, Whoops, Travis Kelsey. I have career. been drinking a lot. Um, okay, no, I won't disagree with that then. And he is getting older. The thing is, is though he's not the one who's like. I mean, he has gripe. Don't get me wrong. And especially on his podcast, he's made some comments that have kind of been a little off-putting. Um, Mahomes, to me, has been the bigger the bigger issue. But I agree with you that Travis Kelsey is also kind of put an issue out there, I guess, in himself. I just don't think his his mind is in the game of football anymore. He's 34. Why would it be? He's moved on. He's dating Taylor Swift. We've obviously we've seen enough he's of got that. A, he's got a I mean he his endorsements are insane. Pfizer paid him like a ridiculous amount of money. So I mean a lot like, of those it, commercials. Yeah, I think they paid him like ten ten something million dollars, like from what I've seen reported. Pfizer boy. So <laughs> yeah. Definitely off track. I don't think the legacy's tarnished, Travis, to your point. I think he's gonna go down as one of the greatest tight ends of all time. But I don't know. I see the Chiefs having a. I've said it for years. They've had they have a salary cap issue, and clear shows they have no I, guy, nobody that can catch the ball. So, I want to say it because Travis said it years ago on this podcast, and we could probably dig and find the clip when they paid Patrick Mahomes. Travis said they are going to suck in a couple of years, and I know they don't necessarily suck. They're still nine and six, but we have seen exactly what that contract. That 12 year, 450 million, whatever it was, contract, it is starting to pay dividends in the worst way for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they, they had they had a window. The window's closing. Um, you put the Chiefs. They, were, they in, won in, two in Super Bowls. Yeah, they, yeah, got, and they got what they they got what they got out of it for sure. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna discredit that. But now they're starting to see the repercussions of what a contract like that looks like when they also had to pay Chris Jones. I did they pay Travis Kelsey again? I actually don't know. Like that's a genuine question. Um, but they're forking out a ton of money on two to three guys, and then you wonder why they can't get decent talent around Mahomes is because they sunk all that money into him. So I just Travis said it a couple years ago. Like that's been stuck in my brain ever since Mahomes has had the season that he's had. And I'm not saying it's because of him, but I mean part of it is. But it's also because the dude has literally nothing around. Him. Like I don't. Yeah. Yeah, That's I mean, it, so I'm saying, with all that being said, Bengals plus seven. I think you have to play. <laughs> Bengals are playing. We, we did spot. go off on a tangent there for yeah. a while. But with that being said, Bengals plus was. seven. Okay. Yeah. I got one more play and a play that I'll play personally, but we won't play out. But yeah. Is it Dolphins money line? It's Dolphins plus three and a half. But okay. yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, just no. so that's fair. I didn't have any more plays, but I also have like one that I'm going to play, and it's going to be Packers money line, and they're inevitably going to lose by three touchdowns. That's but that's mine. That was my mine. last play. Yep, that's mm-hmm. mine too. Hey, okay. I I don't hate it because yeah. like obviously I'm rooting for it, but I'm just it makes me so nervous with how their defense. Look at the week. look at the Vikings last. They've lost four of the last five. Their lone win was a three nothing win against Vegas. The I. Th- I mean, obviously, both teams fighting for a playoff spot. Again, whoever loses this, got the playoff Hawkinson spot. Hawkinson tours ACL. Packers had a scare last week. They go into Minnesota this week. Nick Mullins, who 
turn the ball over like it was his goddamn job. It's going to be a little bit harder to get that many picks against the Packers secondary, but on the other end of things, you've got a quarterback throwing to these elite wide receivers who doesn't who doesn't belong there, and the Packers team, who I think is much more talented, getting points. I like Packers money line. Yeah, you know it's crazy. A stat that I saw today is that Jordan Love statistically right now is like a borderline top 12 quarterback in the league. Just statistically just this year. I'm not saying like overall, I get that. And he does not have a single wide receiver in the top 50 in receiving yards. Like that, is, that is a wild stat to me. He's good at spreading the ball around. And like, I, I don't know if this makes you a warm and fuzzy, but he reminds me of two his first year or two in the league. Whenever two, he spread a ball around to, when he didn't have elite guys either. You get them there, they'll be good. Um, my whole point here is like Minnesota's their lone win in the last five was a three nothing win against Vegas, a game that I think Vegas shouldn't have lost. Um, I think the Packers are the better team overall. I think they have the better coach. I think they have the better quarterback. They have the better skill players and offense, uh, specifically at the running back position. If I mean Aaron Jones is definitely going to probably play right. I mean, and, and with I. Yeah, there's just no way I can't take Green Bay here. That's the other big, big thing, too, is like Aaron Jones is back now. Jordan Love has played the majority of this season without his wide receiver one, his running back one, and his tight end one. And he's yeah. still been putting together this season. I'm not, again, not sitting here trying to to glaze over Jordan Love. I'm just saying that the fact that where they are is kind of crazy based on kind of how the season's gone and how bad their defense has been. Um, which is why I stayed away from this game. Uh, like again, personal, like I love the Packers. I'll probably bet it because they're underdogs and there's value there. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we'll see. And it is, it's a winner, like winner or go or win or go home is, is what this is for both of these teams. So you win, you win, you stay alive, you lose, you're done essentially for, for, yeah. for both these teams. Yeah. So I like the Packers there. And by the way, when's the last time we have not had a Monday night game? outside of the last week of the season? It's actually a really good question because I don't know if we have in years. We don't. Yeah, no. we, I mean, we don't have one this week because it falls on New Year's Day. Three, and also, probably, probably six years when the last time there was a New Year's. Right. New Year's, New, New Year's Day on a Monday. New Year's Day yeah. game, yeah. Same thing, same thing with college football. Like, when's the last time we have in a college football game, bowl games on New Year's Eve? Probably the last time NFL Sunday was on a Sunday. So, wild. Checks out. Before this podcast, the way that the calendar works, it was created by the, I don't know, Incans, Mayans, don't know who the fuck created the calendar, but. Well, the Mayans calendar ended and we're all still alive, so. Yeah, the Incans. All right. Well, that's it. So we've got a huge week in NFL, wrapping out bowl season. Uh, We'll, will we talk? Yeah, we'll talk about the college football championship once it's decided after this week and round out NFL week 18, which will be next week. So we'll see you then. Peace. Peace. Peace.